Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host. And I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor. If you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That stands for next level agents. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up, The Kevin and Fred Show, and please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, Dustin Brome. What's up, man? What's going on, dude? Long time no see. Yeah, seriously. What did, um, what did I see each see? other in, in, uh, in Orlando in, July, in June? Yeah, it's shareholders, right? Yeah, super early in the morning. Somehow I couldn't sleep and finally saw you awake at like 5 a.m. I'm like, oh my God, another human. Let's have some coffee. Yes. Yeah, that's right. We're, I mean, the coffee shop, that's where normal humans meet that right. time of day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So what's what's been going on? I know we cut off a lot then, but like, uh, and it's been a while since we recorded a podcast together. So I thought, let's just catch up, see what's going on in the world. It feels like I feel like a lot's gone on for you. Like you, you transitioned your podcast recently to, I'm going to butcher the name of the network. So I'm going to let you say it. Um, but you sort of realigned with your podcast. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah. The broke agent media network. Yeah. Uh, we got it right. Bam. I was going to say, bam. Like, bam. That, yep. yeah, did. Now yeah. I feel good about myself. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. Even with the Dodgers hat. That, that's funny. Uh, don't start with me, dude. I've already had a day. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> start. Just find out two of the two of my favorite football players are out now for anyways. So tell me about, tell me about broke agent media network, dude. What's, what's the deal with that? Why, why, sh what, what's the, what's the goal with that alignment, if you will? Yeah. So, uh, for, I don't even know how many years Eric's been doing it, but, uh, you know, pretty much any agent knows the the broke agent follows the the Instagram account, you know, the funniest shit ever uh, yeah. that just kind of pokes fun of what we do and how we do it and, and why we do it. Uh, but Eric over the years has become a really freaking good marketer and a very smart, um, you know, media guy. And so he, he's like, well, there's so much more to offer this industry because Surprisingly, none of these major industry media companies like Inman or Housing Wire or anybody really is doing jack shit on social media, like the yeah. occasional post, but they suck. Like Terrible. none of them are doing video, like none of them are doing video. They're not doing short form video. Everything that's working today, like everyone wants short form, you know, 15 to 30 second TikTok real style stuff. And it's not happening from any of these media companies. The real deal does a decent job on Instagram with um, with static posts and the occasional video. But Eric saw this big opportunity to branch out from just memes and funny shit and and do actually like um, you know hard hitting interviews, you know breaking news, um, you know opinion stuff, how tos, and, and an actual media company. You know, and, it, and it's kind of what we envisioned for industry syndicate back in the day. And just, you know, it, it just didn't, none of us had the ability or the willingness to, to put a full-time effort into it yeah, uh, to make it possible. But, but we knew that there was a huge opportunity. So then when I saw them broke um, launching broke agent media, we, we had a conversation about what it would look like to bring my podcast over and link arms with them. And it was super interesting to me because I already saw the vision of what they were building. They, they seemed to, 
have the ability and the chops and the brand and the resources to actually pull it off and to to do what I knew the industry was craving. And, and there's, there's just so much synergy with, you know, we're like-minded people, you know, similar personalities. We don't take shit too seriously. And we talked about what it would look like and it made sense and, and it's become a partnership now. So now my podcast is a part of their network and uh, there's a lot of cross promotion and collaboration. And what's really cool is now, whenever I record my podcast, their team, which is like the seal team six of content, I swear to God, they're so good. They're so on top of shit. They'll take my video that I wasn't doing a whole lot with prior. They'll take it. They'll take little clips out. They'll put captions on it. They'll, they'll make it perfect for, um, you know, short form video on reels and TikTok and YouTube shorts and everything. So, uh, that's all done. So it's, it's just helping me reach more people. I'm helping them reach more people. It's just, it's, it's an awesome thing that is super collaborative. So when, when did that become official? Um, was it August? Uh, it might've been August. Okay. So it has been a few months already. So yeah, you, it's been a few months. Sounds like you're happy with that decision so far. Oh, totally. Yeah. They, they, they have such an all-star team behind them. It's not just Eric creating memes every day. It's not just Byron Lazine, you know, um, analyzing the news and breaking it down. They have a whole team of content creators, um, you know, graphic designers, video editors. And, and so I'll record a show or, you know, we'll do one of their shows like the walkthrough. Um, and within two hours, they'll already have short form clips ready to go out. Like it, it's incredible. Damn. I'm like, I'm hoping like when you and I finish recording this, I hope within two hours I have this uploaded to the Google Drive to just send to the to my podcast producer. Sarah, right. Sarah, if you're listening, which I know you are, I promise to get this to you soon. Um, yeah. you know, so that like that's that's interesting. So I, I love that. Um there's so levels there, to this game, dude. No, there there definitely is. I see the need. Man, it's so funny. Um back in the day, I back in the day, God, I'm not that old. I guess maybe back I in the day a year uh, ago six years ago started a facebook group called next level agents uh with my business partner fred and, and cody gibson who uh three of us just kind of aligned on a lot of things building similar businesses whatnot um sort of disenchanted with the uh with the groups that were out there and so we just saw a need because we wanted to create a group that we were part of ourselves or that we wanted to be a part of ourselves right yeah. So we did. And, um, you know, it was okay. I, but I remember specifically the three of us meeting one time and talking about like, and maybe this could be a media company, you know, maybe we could turn this into, to like, you know, breaking down the news, providing content, br- bringing real education. Cause there's, there's, there's a lack of, um, from at least the media companies, in my opinion, there's a lack of actual, um, content rich education anyways. Oh yeah. And like, so there's a need, but the, at the end of the day, to your point, like, dude, it's a job or it's, or it's, it's actually a lot of jobs. So it's a business because it requires a lot of people doing it. It's not something that you can do as a hobby or on the side, really. Like you've got to have, you've, you've got to have a team. So I, I, I love, um, I love that, that angle or that thought process that they're going after. Cause there's, in my opinion, there's definitely a need for it. Um, Huge need. And what's, Super cool is they see themselves as the bar stool of real estate, which I yeah. think is fucking genius. Yep. It it and it's not for everybody, right? It it serves a certain t- 
type of personality, a certain niche within our industry, not everybody, and that they know that they're cool with that. They're leaning into that and and it's working and it's it's getting traction because they have like they have built a team of full like a full-time staff to support this deal, which means they have to have the ability to pay those people. Um, like it is a full-on legit business with real expenses. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I love the um I love that thought process there. So for you, like as a, just with your podcast hat on, um, do you, do you feel like, Hey, this is going to help my podcast grow a lot, or is there something else you think you'll take away from it? Like selfishly what's in it for you or what do you think can be in it for you as this, as this thing continues to grow? Yeah. And, and honestly, that was, it, that was top of mind the whole time. Like, you know, from the first conversation, it's not just like, you know, I'm a business as well. You know, my brand is a business. So of course I have to think about, will this help grow the brand? Will this help gain exposure? And that's the goal. Will this get more exposure? Will this help me grow my audience? Will I reach new listeners, new viewers? You know, will I, will I be able to potentially get more sponsorships for my show and, you know, speaking opportunities and all that. And, and yes, it's, it's happened already. You know, it's, it's been great. I've seen my audience uh, for the podcast grow quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I'd say just in a few months, you know, 30, 40% boost in listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, closer to 30. That's significant though. It is. It's significant. It's tangible. And you know, it, it's cool. It, it's really cool. This collaborative thing that happens within a network, within a, you know, you call it whatever you want, but it's a bunch of content creators linking arms with other content creators tagging each other, sharing each other's shit, promoting each other's stuff. Nobody's trying to be like, Hey, everyone look at me. Don't look at them. It's Hey, look at us. Yeah. And, and it's working. It's really cool. That's what Barstool has done really, really, really well. Excuse me. Really, really, really well is like, they're always promoting all the creators who are on their shows and they all have their own brand identities and their own personalities. And they, they encourage and cultivate that. And that's why they're growing so much. That's why they're so powerful and, and so broad. Dude, that's so true. Like, I, I just think of things like, um, I think of like, so, so two things, just like to bring it back down to like the real estate agent, like the salesperson's level, if you will, or or mindset, which is think about how true that's been for us at, at EXP Realty, right? Like kind of linking arm, like that linking of arms to help help all of us do more. Uh, I think is, is super beneficial. I know that, you know, that, cause we both experience the many benefits of that within our brokerage. And then I look at like, um, like my good friend, Ben Kenny and his company place where they're effectively doing that for real estate teams, regardless of brokerage. It's the, it's the ability to bring a group of people who are effectively trying to climb up the same mountain and say, instead of like, I'm going to take my path and you're gonna take your path. It's like, no, we're going to go together. And we're all, we're all, we're all going to get more out of it. I just, I've seen that, uh, in so many different variables in the, in the, in the world, not just in, in the real estate industry, but around the world period where like that makes a lot of sense. A friend of mine's father-in-law owns a, um, he's a dentist. He's like, you know, he's your prototypical, like high producing real estate salesperson. So he's like an amazing dentist and like the business part of the business was like the least fun. And he ended up partnering with a group of other doctors, you know, that kind of took the load off of some of the other stuff. So it was like, he could specialize in what he's doing. And as a whole, they all got better from it. And I think that in, 
as things get tough, especially in our industry now going, going forward, like the more collaboration we have and kind of partners, if you will, or networks that we have that we can tap into to help ourselves, I think the better off we're going to be and the further we're going to go. I could not have said it better. And you're right. There's some environments within real estate, some brokerages, some teams, some offices that are more collaborative than others. There are some that are built that way from, from the get-go. There are some where that collaborative uh, culture is literally built into the DNA and, and some that are just trying to force it. And you can tell like, you know, we're fortunate enough to be with a company and to be with a company that is at its core collaborative and it attracts like-minded collaborative people. It's, and so just being with our brokerage has been such a huge blessing for me personally, because of the proximity to others who are steps ahead of where I am, who are willing to turn around and be like, Hey, come with like, here's how I did it. Here's the roadmap. Here's what you need to do. I'll help you. And you, you don't find that in many other places in our industry. That's not common. Not without stroking a big old check. You don't. Right. Right. And even then sometimes it's like, well, that's cool. You might be a good coach, but it's only while I'm striking, you know, stroking you a check, but yep. yeah, that's so important. Um, and I think, I think as things change, uh, and continue to the economy, it's going to do whatever it's going to do, which is my guess, not that awesome for the next year or two. Mm -hmm. I think stuff becomes even more valuable. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing that. I'd love to catch up with you again in like six months to just say, Hey, like, Hey, how, how's it going on the podcast thing? What are your thoughts now? You know, what new, what new things have you learned? Um, cause my hunch is you're going to, it's going to probably be even better. Like it's something that'll compound well for you over time. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. So dude, you started, so for the, for the listener that doesn't know, uh, in, in what I'll do is I'll link the, like our first podcast together in the show notes to give people a better background. But like, I mean, you're kind of like, you're known as a guy, like you're, you know, marketing pretty damn well, social marketing. Um, you really came on strong and uh, took it by the reins. Like, and I think there's so much changing in the world of, of social. I'd love to hear like your thoughts, like, you know, you and I are recording this now. It's it's almost the end of 2022. Like, what's what's died this year that, or in the last year or two that maybe people aren't aware that's like no longer as relevant. Or and like, what are the things that you're excited about uh, from a marketing perspective or and or social perspective come in the coming year or two? It, it it's all changing so fast. Like, in the social media platforms are driving this. Um, they are looking at what people want. They're looking at the behavior of their users and then they're creating products like Instagram reels, for example, it's like a whole other channel, a whole other product within Instagram. Um, you know, that, that was inspired by TikTok. They noticed people want shorter shit. They want concise, quick hits versus long drawn out BS. Now long drawn out stuff is still working very freaking well on YouTube. Yeah. But but YouTube is a search engine. It's not a it's not a social network. People are looking for that type of content and then it's being served to them based on their activity and their their viewer history and all of that. So what's so important for agents or any business person to understand moving forward is the differences between all of these platforms. Like TikTok is not Instagram Reels. Instagram Reels is not Facebook. Um you know Facebook is not Twitter. Like they're all very different. 
there's a lot of similarities and sometimes the same type of content can work well on, on a few of them. And that's, what's actually been really cool to watch change is how now short form video is just expected. It's just what people want. It's how people consume. We'd rather watch something in 30 seconds than in three minutes. And, and TikTok has shown that there's, there's a, an addict, an addictiveness, yeah. is, whatever that the correct word is, um, to, to that type of content. Like I remember when my wife got on TikTok for the first time a year or so ago, I was like, be careful. Like all of a sudden an hour is going to disappear and you're going to be like, what, what just happened? And that's exactly what happened. Like it sucks you in because it's just giving you new stuff and, and the discoverability is huge. So we crave that. And what's great is that short form video, everyone's copied. Like everyone's copied TikTok, Instagram reels copied at first. Now YouTube shorts, Facebook has reels. Um, those types of videos work on LinkedIn. So what's really cool for creators is now you can take a short form video. You can record one video and post it to multiple different places, which is really cool. You don't have to do five different videos. You can do one video posted to five platforms. You just have to change how it's done slightly. Uh, you know, maybe the hashtags you have or don't have, or you change them or, uh, you know, what I do, what, what I think is reasonable for most agents to do, because you still have to be an agent and service clients and show properties and all the stuff is record one great video and post it to five different platforms and basically just copy the same caption. This is what I do. I might change it around slightly with TikTok. I'll make sure that I add the, like the, the, title to the video in the first two or three seconds. I add that natively as I'm posting it because that seems to work better, but it's the same video. I'm taking the time to record one video, have it edited, post it to Instagram, copy the same shit, put it, put it on TikTok, you know, paste the same shit, then go to YouTube shorts, paste it. And I'm getting more visibility and more traction from doing one video. That's pretty cool. It's not going to be that way forever. And, right. and sometimes, you know, it's going to work better for one person on this platform versus this one. And the platforms that you're the most active on and participate in the most, you're probably going to get the most traction from and the best results from, but it's really cool that right now there's this window of time where one video can do well on five different platforms. Yeah, dude, that's a great point, which is there's a window of time. I don't, and neither one of us know if like that could end in January or could end in two years. Like we don't, it's probably not two years, but it's, uh, what the reality is, is there is a window of time. I think still like Gary Vee's been saying this for years and it's still the most misunderstood thing for people who want to, who want to gain followers or traction in social, which is the attention arbitrage, the ability to go mm. exploit where the, where the opportunities are to, to your point one video that's a TikTok style effectively use five different places. Like that's now the exploitation that is available for a period of time. And then it'll, it'll be something new. Who knows what it'll be, but it'll, it will be something new sooner or later. Yes. Yep. The, the platforms will change their algorithms to where like the video works really well here, but doesn't work so well over here anymore for whatever reason. And then you just have to kind of roll with the punches. So when you are actively using the platforms each day, you can be on top of the shit and you you see and you feel the changes as they happen. It's not possible anymore for, for a, an agent who wants to grow and grow their sales, grow their visibility, grow their, their local brand, grow their influence. 
they can't just hire it out. So, uh, dude, I was going to ask you that is like, it's so like, to me, it's so damn complicated in a way now versus, you know, especially 10, 10, 12 years ago. Like it is so much more complicated today. And I think naturally, like for certain with real estate agents, but it's probably with all entrepreneurs, like we all want the easy button. Yep. Maybe I'm willing to stand in front of the camera, but like I want it to end there. And it just, it feels like more and more today, like that isn't possible or it's possible. You're just not going to get the juice from the squeeze. Yep. So dude, I know you, you coach a lot of agents on specifically on marketing and social. Um, and you, you're always having conversations about this. So I'm curious, like if I'm an agent listening to this conversation and they're going, shoot, like, okay, so I can't just hire this all out but I also don't have time to learn all of this. Like, where does somebody start? Like they're, maybe they're willing to create a piece of content. I don't know, a week, right. Or something like that. Like what's the smallest step that somebody can do, but do it effectively. So it actually makes an impact, even though it may not be as much as, as you know, maybe you'd want to, you'd want them to, if you're actually coaching them. Sure. So there, it's just a fact that there are plenty of agents who are wildly successful growing their business and their sales dramatically using just one platform. There's agents that are still only using Facebook and fucking crushing it. Yeah. There's agents that are only using TikTok and they're crushing it. So you don't have to be on all five platforms. Okay. You, you should. And if you're doing the video that works on all five, you, you can use something like repurpose.io, which I love. Um, shameless affiliate link, massiveagentpodcast.com slash repurpose. Send me get that a discount. Link, I'll put it in the notes. Send awesome. me your affiliate link. Cause absolutely. If you go use it now, you should absolutely use Dustin's affiliate link. It, it's such a cool tool, man. So you can post in one place and then it'll put it on all the others just to save you time. Like just so you can check the box. Uh, but you, you need to start with whichever platform, like, first off, you have to be using social media personally. You cannot hire your young nephew to do it like that's that's stupid your nephew is not you and doesn't like they can't brand you personally they can do some of the stuff that doesn't require your voice and your personality like they can edit the videos for you i hire that out i hire out my podcast editing but i can't hire out the recording of it i can't hire out the person in my videos talking yeah so you have to be on at least one social network so pick one Whichever one you like the most, maybe that's Instagram. For me, it's Instagram. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's Twitter. Doesn't matter. Pick one. And you look, you're going to be spending time on it. Here's the thing. Agents are like, I don't have time. But if you go look on your iPhone at oh, the shit. usage, right? Yeah. And you can see exactly how many minutes, like to the minute, how long you used each app in a day. And you're like Instagram hour and a half, you know, Twitter, 45 minutes. You can see all this shit you're on there. The problem is you're not using it intentionally. So here's what you need to do to, to get the most out of your time. If, if it's 30 minutes a day, like first off, every agent can, can allocate more than 30 minutes a day to using social in an intelligent way. Maybe it's only an hour, but most of us use it for more than that. But success leaves clues. Okay. Go copy what works. There is a formula. There is a blueprint for videos that work on these platforms. Take the format, take the blueprint and do your own version of it. It's so simple. 
This is this is business 101. Do what the most successful person in your field is doing. Like for you, when you were building your team, you you weren't just like, let's build it this way. You probably looked up to others who had already built one and done what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still doing that. Like you're still looking up to people and yep. iterating, right? Yep. Like any smart business person does. So any, any smart content creator consumes a shitload of content. The best content creator is the best content consumer as long as you're, you're, you're consciously and intentionally consuming it to learn and take inspiration from it. You're going to break it down. You're going to dissect it. If you're watching a reel that went viral and had one and a half million views and it's just a home tour of a luxury home for 1.5 in, in Austin and you know dissect it. What I mean by that is how like what how many different were they photos were they videos i guarantee they're all videos but was it showing for one second or three second and then did how what did the transition look like was there music playing how loud was the music playing was the agent seen in the video or not was there a voiceover or not and when you can see okay that reel that went viral one half million views it had eight different clips eight different video clips where they were panning through the rooms and each one was two or three seconds long so now there's a format that you can just go fucking copy. Yeah, dude, that's so true. God, that is, uh, it's so true. You, you remind me of a story. My, uh, my buddy, Frank Closets, who owns viral marketing told me, he was like, dude, uh, when I, he told, when he goes to an event that he attends, he's got two notebooks on him. One notebook is to take notes on like whatever's being said from stage. The other notebook is about what is happening at the event. How is it being put on? What are the things that are occurring. So like he's been to like business mastery with Tony Robbins a couple of times. Like he's got a notebook full of like notes on the event, not of the speakers on the event. Like, so he's always got like these two notebooks. Cause he's going, how, like, how would I replicate this? Like, what's that, you know, what's that cheat code? I, I love that because if you're going, I'm not creative enough. I just don't know what to post about. Cool. Like you said, go find out who is like what works, copy their ideas, redo it in your, in your words. Uh, and then to take it a step further, like what's going viral? Why is it? And then why try to dissect why it, why did that go viral? Right, right. I, that's all I do. But that the people that I look up to and that I take inspiration from and that I rip off and duplicate, that's all they do. It, it's very rare that you'll have somebody come up with this like amazing topic for a video that no one else on the on the and planet has thought of before. No one's ever thought of this one thing. Like right. You won by down. Uh, right. So, yeah, like no doubt about that. So that, that's, dude, that's, I think that's really solid advice. What, um, you went to that event with Gary V and some other marketers this summer. What was your biggest, I think oh, you yeah. shared, like, what was your, I remember you, you shared something that Gary V said something about like how he had moved. Did he say Facebook business pages back up to a top priority? Yes. Is that still yeah. true? Have you, have, did you take any action on that? Yeah, I did. And and yeah, it's it's definitely true. So that was the forward event that Neil Dingra did in July in Vegas. It was awesome. So Gary V was there, uh, Bradley, um Ed Milet, and and a few others. And it, it was just incredible. But one of the bombs dropped that was really surprising is Gary V said that like just the day before or the the day or two before he got there, he and his content team met. And they, as a team, took, uh, as far as priority of which platforms are their top priority, they took Instagram from number one to number four, and Facebook business pages was now number one. 
doing. And so the very first thing I did when, when I heard that again, I success leaves clues. You don't say, Oh, business pages. Okay. Well, what? So I went to Gary's business page and I'm like, what is he posting? He's posting reels on his business page. And there's some text-based posts and, you know, but most of it is reels because that's what's working. That's what Facebook is wanting you to post. Facebook is paying people to post reels on Facebook. They're pretty telling, right? So that was interesting. Um, I, I definitely dove in and started doing that right away. Personally, I need to completely delete and reboot my Facebook page because I have some bullshit followers from like five, six, seven years ago. And so my engagement's fucked. Like, you know, it's never going to go that far because I have this cap. Um, Let's say 50% of my followers are fake or just like not engaging, like not real, like from Pakistan or Bangladesh or something. Um, Those 50% will never engage with my content. So even if literally all the real followers do engage, if every single one of them engage, the best engagement rate I could ever have is 50%. This is why I deleted my Instagram account back in February and restarted. Tell everybody about that. uh, Just because I I found that fascinating. Like tell that story about why you deleted it. How, like, what was that process like for you and how's it gone since? Yeah. uh, I wish I would have done it years before, but in the past, you know, I was much less intelligent, much less wise than I am now. And and I just didn't have the understanding of the platforms and of the algorithms and what could come back and bite you in the future. So I remember I, I had, I, I think I'd gotten to like, you know, eight or 9,000 followers on Instagram. And at the time I really wanted to have the swipe up link feature. Yeah. So, which you needed 10,000 followers at the time to, to have that. So I bought 1,500 or, or 2,500 followers or something like to get me over 10,000. I think I got to 11,000 or something. And I mean, that totally screwed me up, you know? So first off now, anyone can post a link in their story. You know, you, you don't have to have 10,000 followers, but all of those fake accounts and the bots, they, they killed my engagement rate, which, which put that ceiling on everything that I would ever do uh, moving forward. And so I looked up to my friend, Neil Dingra, who had a similar issue a few years ago. He, he deleted his Instagram and started over fresh. Like I want to say three years ago. And now like it's exploded because he does really, really good shit. He's, he's consistent with it. He followed a certain formula. Uh, Instagram reels took off right when he was getting really good at doing them. And now he's at like 130,000 followers. And it, it, he's, he's making literally millions of dollars per year net from his content. And none of that would have happened if he had not deleted his account and started over because he, he did some, you know, gray area type shit in the past. So Question I did that in February. Yeah. So you, okay. Yeah. So we're recording this. It's November. Uh, yeah. You're glad you did it. Sounds like, Oh God, dude, the very first day after I deleted the old account, started the new one. And after about a week or so, I was able to get my old username back on my new account. So every link that I had out there was all the same. Uh, That was cool. But I realized like the very first day, my engagement was through the roof because every single person following me wanted to. Every single person clicked the follow button. They chose to. So then uh, they were engaging with, with my stuff. And I'm like, I'm getting more messages, more story views, more replies, more comments, more everything with like 800 followers 
than I was with 14,000 bullshit followers on the old account. Did you, um, I just, I don't remember, like, did you actually go in the order of delete, create new or create new, then delete? Uh, I created the new one. I left the old one up for a few days. I, I posted something on the old one saying, Hey, this is my last post go over here. And okay. it was a video explaining why on my new account, I had a video, like a welcome video saying, Hey, here's why I started this new one. And then I deleted the old one, which then freed up the username. And then after a week or so, I was able to just change the username of the new account to my original old username. So now it was the same as it was. So that's cool. Would you um, do it in that order again if you were going to do it today? I think so. You know, I think that there's a way to actually get your old username back immediately as soon as you delete oh. your account without waiting. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think my issue why I had to wait a week or two to get the username was I was creating my new Instagram account with the same uh, with the same account as my old one, like the same email. I think what you need to do is log out of Instagram, create a new one with a completely different, uh, you know, not connected email. And then Instagram okay. sees them as separate accounts. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I believe so. Don't quote me. They, and they may have changed shit since that happened, but yeah. But and if they haven't changed it yet. They will. So, but yeah, no, that's probably that's good. Yeah. Um, but it was so worth it, man. Like, and, and now, you know, from February till now I'm up to, you know, just over 12,000 followers, all of them real. No all, shit. You know, yeah. None of them, none of them fake. None of them um, were like done through contests or giveaways or any bullshit. It was just posting videos that uh, consistently posting videos that, that appeal to my audience, knowing who my audience is front of mind. Every time I do a piece of content, is this for them? Will they want this or not? And, and it's helped. So, you know, it's grown fairly quickly. It's pretty cool. That's impressive. Just out of curiosity, like what kind of engagement, like give me an idea, like story views today versus pre restart, uh, pre restart. So I, I had 14,000 followers and I was getting, you know, 200 to 400 story views. Okay. Like on average, it, occasionally I'd, I'd have one get seven or 800, and now, like my worst performing ones, I'll get four, five, six hundred, um, usually over five hundred, and you know sometimes into the thousands. Sometimes, you know, I think the best story I've done on this new account's been two thousand views. Damn, uh, pretty substantial. And so, and let me be clear for the listener: like Dustin, you, you, like you create good content. You're good. You're comfortable in front of the camera. You put out relevant information, and you're you're not scared to just hit record and go. So. Um, it's not like just because you restart, you're going to all of a sudden have those views, but that's interesting. Correct. But wow, what a difference though, in the old account versus the new account, which you were creating good content on the old account too. I don't yeah. know that your content now is any better than it was other than you weren't now you're not being weighed down by like your past sins, if you will, right. of that, of that account. So that's, that's pretty cool to hear. I mean, right. super impressive actually. Yeah. It, it's something, and I get asked about this a lot, you know, Hey, I, my, my content's not really going anywhere. I think I need to delete my account. Maybe, you know, th th there's a lot of variables to it. If you're doing the right things, if your content really is good and it really is appealing to your ideal audience consistently, and you're not posting about a bunch of random bullshit and you, your, your videos start with a hook and you're not introducing yourself in the beginning, you know, like you've got to have certain parts of it 
to know like, hey, I'm doing great shit. But if if you are and you're checking all those boxes and it just seems to be hitting a ceiling every time you post like it was on my old one, that's a clue. Yeah, you might need to restart the account. So even if you've never bought followers, if you've had your Instagram account for you know eight years, I don't even know how long Instagram has been around, but probably like 10 years. Yeah, dude, uh, I feel like I have a post. My first post was in like 2013 or 14. So, I mean, it's been eight or nine years at least, I think. I think so. Yeah, You know what? I remember Instagram was bought by Facebook back when I was very first met my wife. And, and so we've been married for almost 10 years, dating for almost 11. So and they were probably around 10 years old. They were only like a year old when Facebook bought them, right? Right. Exactly. Remember thinking like, oh, that's such an early acquisition. Like, what are they, what are they doing? Yeah. And in hindsight, it's like the most genius business acquisition of all time. Like, like Google buying YouTube as well. Exactly. Um, Which seemed wild then. Totally. I totally forget what we were talking about prior to uh, Uh, figuring out how old Instagram is. Oh, I was talking about like, it's pretty cool to see your increase. I'm going to say stats, if you will, in a new account versus an old account. Yes. But you were, you, oh, you were talking about like the fact, like you, you gotta be creating good content though. Still like that still matters. Not just uh, how you're... to know if you need to restart. Yeah. 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 If you're checking all those boxes and you really are doing good shit and, and your content's hitting a ceiling and you've done some, some stuff a few years ago, maybe you bought followers straight up like I did. Maybe you did some shady, like, you know, giveaway shout out things where you get a bunch of followers that really don't care. They're only following you to like qualify to for a drawing or something like, look, you only want followers who want to follow you. You only want followers who are going to engage with your stuff. You don't want a follower just so that your number goes up. That's stupid. That hurts you. The engagement rate is more important than the follower count. I didn't understand that. So it, you know, some people may just have an old stale account that's been open for eight to 10 years. They've really just done a bunch of bullshit that wasn't appealing to anybody. And now they're doing good stuff. Yeah. You might be a good candidate to start over fresh, but the, most people that I speak to are like, my content's not doing so well. I think I need to start over their content's just not that, not that good. It's not that consistent. And, and they should focus on getting that dialed in first. So if that person like, so back to maybe what we were talking about earlier, like if that's, if that's me or the listener, like, then it's like, Hey, go pay attention to what's actually hitting. Like, or what you like, what people are paying attention to. Yeah. And this goes back to, to what you said. It's complicated. There's a lot of nuance to it, right? You got to spend a lot of time to even understand the nuances of the shit. Uh, but that's why it makes so much sense to know who you're trying to reach, like really define who your audience is understand what they want, not what you want them to see, but what they actually want and will consume. And then go find people who are already doing that very well and rip off and duplicate, dissect what they're doing, how they're doing it, do it yourself. And it's going to take practice. You're not going to be as good as them right away with your first couple of videos. That's how it works. You suck in the beginning and over time and practice, you get better. But if you're willing to do that, you can absolutely start getting some serious business growth on these social networks. Yeah, I mean, God, I'm now I'm exhausted from hearing about that. Right. So, like I'm literally now I'm like, oh my God, that seems like so much work. But it dude, it, it, it is. I think it's like anything else though. Uh and I mean, I think you and I are both talking about, at least I am talking about 
using the social account, whatever it is, like for a business purpose. So if you're going to use this for a business purpose, then, um, then yeah, like you got to put some fucking effort into it. Right. Like, just like you have to do that with the rest of your business, you know, weird, right? Weird. This isn't like, you can tell me I can't just become famous for being famous or something like that. Totally weird. Yeah. 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 And and it takes practice. Like uh, what's, what's so crazy to me. Like, so my son, he's eight and a half and he's getting into soccer and he's doing some stuff and he he gets so frustrated when he can't do something right away. And, and so like, I've got to, I'm really learning how to teach him like, look, anything that you've ever learned how to do, you sucked at to begin with everything. Like when you started to walk, when you learned how to eat, talking, like riding your bike, everything you, you have to suck at it. That's literally how the world works when it comes to doing great work on social media and doing stuff. People want to see it takes practice. You can't learn to drive a car unless you're behind the wheel figuring the shit out, running over some orange cones. Like you can't just read a book and then go drive on the roads perfectly. You have to suck until you don't suck anymore. And if those who are the most successful, you're, you and Fred, you know, and everyone else in our industry and outside our industry, anyone who's ever been successful, they were just willing to, to work through the suck until they didn't suck anymore. That's it. There's just a tolerance for sucking in the, in the short term. Can you, can you stomach it or not? So, so true. Like that you just made me think of the um, James clear, the uh, author of atomic habits. And I've shared this quote with a lot of people in my world over the last year. And I'm going to summarize it just like effectively, he says, your great work is on the other side of your early work. Mm. The only way to be exceptional later on is to have the courage to be just okay. Or I'm going to, I like your word better, like to just suck right now. That's how it goes for everyone. He goes into more depth in his book, Atomic Habits, on that. But, um, dude, that's that's it. Your great work is on the other side of your early work, or the way you said it, your great work is on the on the other side of your shitty work, right? Yeah, that's just how it goes. Uh, Russell Shaw, who's a is a legend in the real estate industry. Um, anybody who's ever like millionaire real estate agent knows who Russell is. Um, he's here locally in the Phoenix area. Like I remember early in my career, him saying like. Well, the, the way you become a really great listing agent is you start off as a really shitty one first. And then it's like, you go through these progressions. And I think that's, that's true with everything in life, whether we're talking about something like gaining a skill like soccer or a sport or, you know, anything working out or building your real estate business, growing social media, things like that. Like that's talking just, to clients. Yeah. It's a principle, yeah. right? Like that's just a principle of life. It's like a, it's a scientific law basically. It is, but it's not sexy. So that's the problem. I remember when I was, I was young, I was struggling. I was frustrated because I just wasn't getting traction quick enough. And the mindset I had was fucked. The mindset I had was like, when I heard somebody say that, or even our, our conversation about collaboration with other agents earlier, I'm like, get out of here with that Pollyanna bullshit. Like, give me some tactics. Like, tell me, tell me step one, step two, step if you don't have a solid foundation, all those tactics won't do anything. It, I mean, just look at your life and career right now. You're probably doing a lot of the same things that you see other people doing and they're getting business from it, but you're not. Why? Your foundation inside is fucked. You, you've got to focus on the basics. And sometimes a perspective shift is the most productive thing you could ever do. 
And the beauty is it can happen like this. It doesn't have to take three years to have a perspective shift. It can happen in me, like in an instant uh, or it can take months. I don't know, but you've got to focus on that first and then the tactics. Yeah, dude. So true. I, you know, what's really interesting too, when you think about it, like you, we started off talking about like um, how TikTok is really like, it's changed the game. Like it's changed the algorithm for everyone. Right. Cause it's like these 15 and 30 second videos is where everyone's cause so the average person that's their attention span. Like we know, like if I want to get attention, it's gotta be 15 to 30 seconds. If I want to be good at getting their attention, I got to spend years figuring that out to how to like, think about the, how, what the, the missing link between those two mindsets of someone who's, who only wants something in 15 to 30 second, uh, you know, intervals versus, I have to become a master of my craft. So that way they'll watch my 15 second video. Like that mm. is such, those are wildly different paradigms. Yes, it, it really is. It, it's a wild world and it's evolving quickly. We are evolving quickly as a society. I mean, e everything's changing and it's, it's just important that you're aware of what the changes are. You roll with it. And, you know, if you have a weakness, you hire someone to fill it, you know, like, I am not a great video editor. That is not the highest and best use of my time. So I hire it out. I have someone who I can just send a raw video to. Like all I do is I click record on my Sony camera. I upload the video to drive, send it to my editor. He sends back stuff with, with cuts and graphics and captions and, and all that. And then I post it like I'm that's video editing is not the highest and best use of my time. So yeah. I hire that part out. I have to be on camera. I have to be the one saying the words, but all the other shit I don't have to do. So, I mean, use that however you want in your real estate business. You know, if you're putting up your own signs, do you have to, can you hire someone yeah. to save that hour of driving? Yeah. That's probably a whole other conversation about the person who thinks they have to, right. uh, you know, God forbid somebody else could do a better job at putting a sign in the ground, but, uh, then, then me. No doubt. Right. So what, um, to switch gears a little bit, dude. So we're coming up on it's gonna be 2023 in like 10 seconds from now, obviously markets shifted quite a bit. Like, what do you, what's on your mind? Not outside of the social media world. Like as far as like real estate, um, you know, what, what do you see happening or what, just, what are your general thoughts about what's going on? I'm not super sophisticated with this stuff, but I am a thinker. All right. I do have some common sense and I see, the ability to pick up great assets, whether those are stocks or properties or, you know, invest in companies or whatever uh, that are now on sale, right? Yeah. You're able to invest in Apple or Starbucks or, you know, whatever these, these companies that are super successful and will continue to be, and they are on sale. You hear that millionaires are created during recessions. You know, some of the largest companies, some of the most valuable, most profitable, most influential companies on the planet were all built during recessions. That's pretty telling. So I'm like, okay, I'm not super sophisticated. Like, I'm not going to go day trading or do any of that shit where I have to read charts and all this stuff. But like, if I can just realize, okay, let's say prices go down 10%, of home prices go down 10% here in Salt Lake ish. Um, I'd rather buy a property with for 10% less, finance the thing, even if interest rates are a little bit higher, you know, does it cash flow? And then over time, 
as people are losing jobs and can't qualify and interest rates are pushing them out, rent, the, the demand for rent is going to be more. So I think buying rental properties is probably a great idea to do. So I'm working on that. I'm working on investing in some companies that I have the opportunity to through a, a network of mine, through a mastermind, working on um, starting you know, some little projects that that now I actually can get talent to come work for me because they're available because they just got fired from Twitter or wherever, right? I mean, it's, stuff is going on sale. Stuff is becoming easier to get, more accessible. And so those that are, those that see that can really like lay the groundwork for massive success a year or two or three from now. Yeah, no doubt. I, uh, I continue to be excited about this as well. Um, it's going to, I know, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people who who get hurt in the next yep. year or two. And uh, strategically, uh, you know, I'm equally as excited about it. And I love I love where your head's at because anytime there's chaos, there's there's massive opportunity. That's right. That, that, that's right. And there's, there's so many hundreds of billions of dollars, if not trillions, just sitting on the sidelines waiting to, you know, waiting for the dust to settle, waiting for some stability, waiting for some clarity to, to happen, not just in real estate, but, you know, across the board within the markets. So, you know, they're not stupid. Let's just see what they do and do that. Yeah. You know, success leaves clues. hundred percent. Just follow the money. You'll be good. Just copy it, literally copy. Yeah. Awesome. All you need to know. Um, and then it requires some action and probably getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, taking some, some risks. Um, but I've always thought not always, no, I've grown to believe that the biggest risk oftentimes is not doing something, not hiring the coach, not dropping 30 grand for a mastermind, not going, you know, not traveling to a conference, not starting that business, not launching that thing, you know, not hiring your first buyer's agent. The biggest risk is to not do it. Yeah, dude, I, I agree more. Some people are like, I can't afford to. And I'm like, oh, maybe you can't afford not to. Like that's the, that's the difference. And you know, there's, I'm assuming you're responsible and past responsible. Yeah. The biggest mistake is like, not taking the risk, not moving towards what you want. Like that's by far the, the worst thing that you can do, in my opinion. Dude, imagine if you had never turned on your microphone and started speaking to people outside your market. Oh, dude. where would you be? I don't, gosh, dude. I mean, think right? about it. like we started making dumb videos in two, November of 09 just because I read Crush It. I read Crush It and started a video blog that weekend. And what if you never read crush it? Isn't that wild to think about? Yeah. It's why like, it's literally, it's, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, I think anybody that like for, you know, most people I know anyways, not just myself that are like trying to accomplish something like they're willing to put themselves into uncomfortable situations, seek out mentors, seek out, you know, mastermind groups or, places where I can, you know, where you can go and grow. I just, I, that's a common theme that just always pops up. And I think it's just, just the truth. The most successful people I know, the wealthiest people I know, the most fulfilled people I know, they all have coaches. They all go to masterminds. They all go to like, they have multiple coaches. They go to all these courses. Like they're constantly, um, pay, they're investing their money to buy back time 
by like when you can take a course or hire a coach or have a mentor, just like condense time for you. So rather than beating your head against the wall, like if you want to build a sales team, rather than trying to figure the shit out yourself, you just hire somebody or partner with somebody who has already done it and will just give you the blueprint so you can do it in 24 months instead of 24 years. Yeah. That's pretty fucking wise. Like that's a pretty damn good investment. Wouldn't you say, I don't care how much they charge or if they charge at all, if you're partnering with them, you know, it's, it's so like this shit is not hard. It's not hard. It just takes some boldness and some willingness to, to do new shit. Yeah. And, uh, and maybe that is the hard part for some people, but it is simple. Right. Uh, and simple and it requires like, it just, yeah, there's, like fortune favors the bold, right? You've heard that saying, you know, cliches, it's a cliche for a reason. Cause it's, you know, there's a lot of truth to it. Right. Right. Dude, this is good catching up. It's been, a, it's been a minute. It has been, we should do it. We should do it more often. Yeah. We well, should, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you ever listen to Tim Ferriss at all? Not enough. So he's got this, uh, one of his, I guess, like best friends in real life. His name's Kevin Rose. Uh, oh yeah. Kevin's like an OG of the internet. Right. And so he's a big NFT guy, right? He is now. Yeah. But dude, actually, if you, if you want to actually learn about him, he was just on my first million podcast, which is one of my favorite. It's like, Ooh, my yeah, business show. Yeah. He was just on, uh, was it last week or the week before? Nonetheless, very recently, they did a good job of like pulling his story out of him. Um, the reason I bring up Kevin Rose is because him and he's him and Tim, uh, they do something that they call the random show where, they basically kind of do this back and forth a couple times a year and just sort of like talk about whatever is going on for the two of them. Uh, like they're off both obviously doing their own separate things. Uh, but then they come together, like I said, a few times, maybe, maybe two, two to four times a year and just do a, a random show episode, which is just them kind of bullshitting and catching up kind of like this. That's brilliant. I, I love it. I mean, we, we got on here, not, ha- not having any clue what we're going to talk about. And I think there's some pretty good shit that's going to help some people. And, and that's cool. Um, I just added that episode to my pocket lists playlist. Nice. It's good. Let me shoot me a text after you listen. Let me know what you think. He's a, what's I actually, I've heard him cause I've heard Kevin Rose on Tim Ferriss numerous times. I bet you at least I've heard him on at least eight or nine episodes, if not more. Uh, but hearing him on my first million, cause those guys didn't really know him at all. Yeah. Uh, it pulled a lot of stuff out of him that I like, I didn't even know. So I love the, 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 my first million guys. So there's Sean and then what's the other guy that you interviewed? Sam Parr. Sam. Yeah. I love like they're, they just ask great questions because they're genuinely curious. Yeah. And they're, they're super, like they're smart. Like they're like, they're trying to learn. They're legit trying to learn from their guest and from totally people. Yeah. That really comes up. If you can get Pat, like some people, I guess have to struggle with like, the boy, like the boyish, like, you know, jokes and the bro laughing and stuff like, but they are so smart and they have some of the best and that's really turned into probably one of my favorite episodes. I probably don't even have enough time in the year to, to manipulate my, 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 uh, Spotify stats, but my guess is I probably listened to them more this year than anybody else. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. It's a solid show. I, I really enjoy that one as well. Um, so where do you listen to podcasts? Is it Spotify? I use both Spotify and Apple. To be honest, I prefer Apple. Like I think Apple yeah. podcast player is way better than Spotify. Like I, I feel like I can't mm. search well enough on Spotify. I don't like the save feature on Spotify. Like to me, Apple works better. I have Spotify because I, I, lo- I want to listen to Rogan and I want to listen to him uh, without having to listen to commercials. 
Yep. And then they do have some music that I can't get on, on Apple music, just like live stuff and things like that. So, but I'm not like this, not a Spotify maximalist, like my business partner is. And and some of my other friends, snobby music friends, like they love Spotify. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's cool. I like it. But for a podcast, I'll take the Apple player over Spotify all day long. Interesting. See, I use pocket casts. I haven't used Apple podcasts in so many years. And there's very few people that use pocket casts. Like I look at my own podcast download stats and I think it's like less than 1% of people are listening on pocket casts. I think it's the best player by far. I'll check, um, I'll check that. I tried like four or five different podcast players about two years ago. Cause I was like, there has to be something better than Apple, but I, I don't know. I ended up just going back to Apple and liking that better. I'll, maybe I'll have to go search a few more now. The pocket cast is cool. Uh, especially when you're trying to find an episode of a specific podcast, the searching within a podcast's library is better than any other platform. Like that's where these, like Apple and Spotify, they suck in the searchability. Yes. Way bad. Way yeah. bad in the search. I mean, Spotify though is absolutely horrendous. Like if these were grade levels, Spotify would be <laughs> it potty training level of their life. And like Apple is like, you know, fourth grade, Okay, uh, you know, like that's the way I see searching. So I, yeah. I agree. Um, it'd be nice if you could search better. Yeah. I've, I've tried a few different one. Pocket cast is what you're saying. I use pocket casts. Yeah. Right. I, I've really come to like it. Um, I, I think I've used it for four years straight exclusively. I had one that I listened to for a while. It was like, it was orange. I can only remember the color of the skin. Just deleted it. Cause I re- like, I just deleted it probably six months ago because I realized I was like, I'm ne- never using this anymore. Oh, is it overcast? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I used overcast for, for a while. And then I just, I don't know why I stopped. Overcast is pretty good. I use that. I used that prior to Pocket Cast. I don't know why I stopped either. I just, I don't know. There's something about Pocket Cast and the adding episodes to your queue and being able to download them, like when you when you're on a flight or whatever. Uh, I don't know. All right. As long as you're listening, that's all that matters. You know. Is I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check Pocket Cast. All right, that's my takeaway. That's it. After all this, all the all the stuff that we talked about, like <laughs> get about Instagram and Reels and all that crap, uh, Pocket Cast. I'll be yeah, fuck all that stuff. Just get Pocket Cast. Totally worth my time today. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, dude. Th- this is this is awesome. Um, I'll have to have you back on my show. And for anyone and everyone listening, because I'm sure they all want to know this, you've been on my show two times. Episode 178 back in May of 2021. Um, that that was a good one, man. Um. Here, I'm gonna I'm just gonna read the shit off. I'm gonna search Kevin within my library. If you want, I can give you the links. Yeah, but send me the links and I'll make sure they, they go in our notes. The most recent one, how and why big real estate teams pivot with That's Kevin right. Kaufman. And then the first one was why realtors should embrace iBuyers, not fear them. That was back in August 2019. No one's fearing them right now. I can tell you that. No, but dude, you were so spot on with that. I I remember hearing your perspective about how agents should be using iBuyers as a tool to be like, hey, look, here's what they're doing. Here's what I can do as your listing agent, which is better. And it, but not all the time. Sometimes you can actually get a better deal through Open Door or whoever, or at least you could. And then you just get a referral fee. So, but either way, they're just part of your tool belt as a listing agent, which I thought was brilliant rather than like, they're the competitor, they're bad, they're trying to put me out of business, fuck them. 
And, uh, and so you, you've had that approach for years and I think that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's funny too. I think I just saw yesterday Redfin was like, they stopped their eye buying and like laid off a bunch more people. Yeah. Um, I, I'm afraid now a lot of realtors are going to go do a touchdown dance on, on, you know, the fact that this is happening and they will. the reality is just because some of these companies have either gone out of business or, or are in danger of it or having to very, very much cut back. Doesn't mean like if I go back, I don't even, you know, I'm sure if we played that, that uh, podcast back, like one of the things I had to say is like, there's a lesson here in what the consumer wants and just because things have changed and maybe some of these companies are starting to change and or not around doesn't mean that the consumer doesn't want that option. And we should still be looking at what's best for the consumer, not what's best for me. Cause that's the way it's always happened in the real estate business. Spot on, man. Yeah. And here's the thing, like all of these companies, Zillow, open door, offer pad, you know, uh, Redfin now, it's not like they can't just restart the thing when market conditions improve or when they tweak things based on, you know, what they've learned, they've already built the infrastructure. They can restart that shit at any time. And, you know, some of them probably will, but dude, for sure they're learning. Like here's what I, I respect these companies so much. They they're doers. Like they'll jump in and, and a lot of it is they're testing. Like, it's not like we're going all in on this thing. This is going to be it for us. No, they're testing. Like it's a, it's a program and sometimes it doesn't go well. It doesn't go the way they thought. Sometimes it goes better. I don't know, but they're testing and they're gathering data that they have and we don't. So pretty interesting. And like they're big companies, like they can actually lay people off, survive, like that, like, they can survive in order to just like we can as real estate agents, like the passing lane as Curtis said a few times, like passing lanes about to get really wide. Like you could, sometimes you just got to survive a bad season. And then with all the knowledge you've gained and momentum, you picked up like, boom, you just can go to a whole different level. And that's, I'd be worried about if I, if I was actually worried about these companies, like from a competitive standpoint, that's what I would be worried about is the fact like they're going to, whoever does survive this uh, in that prop tech space in real estate, watch out for them in two to three years. That's they're going to, they're going to go further than you thought. They've just spent a bunch of time figuring out what doesn't work, which means they're closer to figuring out what does. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. We'll link link that. I know that we've had you on too. I'll make sure we link that as well on the notes and uh, yeah, let's do this again. Awesome, man. Great talking to you. What's the next event you're going to be at? Do you know yet? Uh, yeah, hold on. I got my, I've got my proposed calendar up in front of me somewhere. Are you doing that Maui event, with Brent Gove and EXP? Uh, I don't think so. I want to, but um, I just had dinner with Brent this week. Um, I just, I just, I just don't want to. I just don't want to go to Hawaii in May. I mean, in January, to be honest with you. Um, Fair enough. Everyone listening is like, what? <laughs> You don't want to go to Hawaii in January. So I am going to Hawaii with my family in May. So like that's ah. kind of like the timing of it. Um, so I'm, you know what? Next event I'm going to is actually this year, but it's local. I'm going to a metrics mastermind uh, in December. So a little less than a month from now, February, I'm hosting a mastermind here locally. And I think I'm going to go to Gove's event in Cabo next March. 
Nice. Yeah. I'm going to that. My wife and I are going to that. You are going to so go? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We've been the last two times. It's it, it's special. Yeah, no doubt. It's yeah. a good, good event. Well, I'll see you there if not sooner. Yeah, man. I might be coming down to the Scottsdale area um, early to mid-December. I, I did it last year just to kind of like um, get some time to focus on myself and like plan for the next year and, you know, recharge and refocus. So I might, I might do that again. I'll, I'll reach out and let you know if I'm coming down. Yeah, dude, shoot me a text. Uh, maybe we could record something in person and, or just go hang out. Awesome. Awesome. Always good to talk to you, my friend. You too, dude. Talk to you again soon. See ya. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com slash contact and contact us today. Not ready to join our community? No problem. Continue enjoying all this great content on our podcast for free.